Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hi, and good morning, faithful listeners, and happy Tuesday. You have tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast. And today we're going to be discussing John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21 today. So let's jump right into this. I'm going to be talking, as always, out of the WEB version of the Bible, the web version, or the World English Bible. (laughs) Many names for one particular version of the Bible. But of course, go grab your Bible in the version that you prefer to read out of. But if you're unable to read right at this moment, like you're driving to work or something like that, obviously do not read. <laughs> but grab your Bible later on and uh, read it then. But once again, this is John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21, talking about the good shepherd. Most certainly, I tell you, one who doesn't enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. But one who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus spoke this parable to them, but they didn't understand what he was telling them. Jesus therefore said to them again, Most certainly I tell you, I am the sheep's door. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and will find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand flees because he is a hired hand and doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and I am known by my own. Even as the father knows me, I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice. They will become one flock with one shepherd. Therefore, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. I received this commandment from my father. Therefore, a division arose again among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the sayings of one possessed by a demon. It isn't possible for a demon to open the eyes of the blind, is it? So that last verse there about opening the eyes of the blind is actually really crucial because this was right after Jesus had actually healed that blind man that we talked about last week. So this is directly following this. And this was the perfect time for Jesus to start talking about himself as being the good shepherd because he had just performed this absolutely astonishing miracle that couldn't be done right by anybody else and of course that was prophesied about in Isaiah I believe it was where it says that when the Messiah comes he's going to open the eyes of the blind so this was the perfect time for Jesus to start talking to the crowds and to the Pharisees and to everybody around him that he was the good shepherd and he was the way to the father hence why he says he is the 
the gate, basically. I am the door. If anybody enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So basically, Jesus is saying that he is the only way to God the Father in that verse. That's verse nine. He is saying, I am the only way. I am the door to God the Father, which is why Christians typically, at least any Christian who is a true Christian, (laughs) believes that Jesus is the only way to the Father. But let's uh, talk about verses one through six. So it says, most certainly, I tell you, one who doesn't enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, this is talking about anybody who tries to force their way in to the sheepfold, I suppose, through anything that is not the door. Does that make sense? We just talked about the door, uh, Jesus being the sheep's door. So anybody that tries to lead the sheep but doesn't enter through the sheep door, in other words, does not truly believe in Jesus, may say that they believe in Jesus, but their actions prove completely otherwise. Anybody who does not enter through the sheep's door and tries to like get into the sheepfold and pretend that they are a shepherd, this person, Jesus says, is a thief and a robber. Now, of course, this is just talking about, in general, a false teacher, somebody who tries to lead the sheep astray, a stranger, They may claim Christianity, they may not, but regardless, this is anybody who does not enter through the proper channel to get to the sheep. And Jesus says, anybody who doesn't enter through the proper channel is a thief and a robber. But one who enters in by the door, in other words, the proper channel, is the shepherd of the sheep. This brought me to a question. Is there only one shepherd? Because Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And I determined that no, there can be other shepherds, like human shepherds, because I believe Paul actually called himself a shepherd and other leaders at the time period were called shepherds. Now, Jesus, of course, is the good shepherd. (laughs) He's like the shepherd above all shepherds. But there can be other shepherds, and that is biblical, that there can be uh, human shepherds. But those human shepherds better be entering through the sheep's door, the gate. Otherwise, they are not a true shepherd. And here's what it says. One who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, of course, I do think that Jesus is talking primarily about himself right here, that he calls his sheep by name and that uh, he goes out before them. He protects them. The sheep follow him. They know his voice. This is Jesus talking about himself here, that he is the good shepherd and uh, he can bring out his own sheep. And I love that it says that he calls his sheep by name because think about the amount of sheep Jesus has. (laughs) It's really nice to know that um, even though Jesus has like a multitude, like bigger than a multitude of sheep, he knows every sheep by name. Each individual sheep, he knows your name, he knows my name, he calls us by our names. And I think that's really special. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. They know his voice. And then in verse five, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they don't know the voice of strangers. Anybody who is a true Christian, anybody who calls themselves a Christ follower, will know Christ's voice. And I believe that the way we know Christ's voice is through, of course, the Holy Spirit who teaches us everything. And if we are true Christians, 
we know that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. In fact, I just read that verse in Romans where Paul actually says, and it was almost like a footnote that Paul put in his own writing, where he was like, remember that anybody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit is not a true Christ follower. So you have to have the Holy Spirit in order to be a true Christian. And the Holy Spirit teaches you everything. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you for sure if you are really hearing Christ's voice or not. This is why we need to test everything and we need to pray really diligently about everything, whether it's something in your own life and you need guidance on something, or even if it's something like a a prophet that you might be interested in, one of those like online prophets. And I'm not saying every single prophet online is a bad prophet. I'm sure there's one good one out there somewhere, but the majority of online prophets that I have experienced myself have been... uh, for lack of a better term, false prophets, because what they predict does not come true. And unfortunately, people still really like to listen to false prophets. But regardless, whether it's a prophet or some sort of guidance that you need in your own life or really anything, just discerning whether something is good or something is wrong, discerning false teaching, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and help you if you are a Christian. And at that point, you're not going to be swayed by anything that sounds good in the moment. You are going to listen to Christ's voice if you are part of this sheepfold, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, but they didn't understand what he was telling them. So the crowd did not understand Jesus's words. They did not understand that Jesus was talking firstly about himself being the good shepherd, and secondly, that they were the sheep. Actually, Jesus says at one point that the people remind him of sheep without shepherds. They're just kind of going wherever they want to go, and they don't have a shepherd to really help them. Instead, the people are listening to these strangers, the ones that aren't part of Christ's sheepfold. Some of these sheep are going around listening to these strangers that are only there to kill and destroy like the the Pharisees and false prophets and false teachers. The people did not understand what Jesus was telling them. So Jesus said to them again. So he's really trying to drive this point home, really trying to get the people to think, really trying to get them to understand this very important gospel message. In fact, I would argue that this is one of the most important gospel messages Jesus states is this one right here. So Jesus therefore said to them again, most certainly I tell you, I am the sheep's door. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and he will go in and go out and will find pasture. What's a door do? Like when you're thinking about a door, my door allows me first and foremost, to go in and out of my house. And secondly, it protects me. Like my door is what I lock at night. It's what uh, keeps things out of my house. So a door protects. And Jesus is that door. He's protecting the, uh, the sheepfold. But all these other false teachers and Pharisees and whoever else that came before Jesus, they were thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. And I would guess this is talking about the sheep that truly belong to Jesus, because some people, some sheep really did listen to the Pharisees. A lot of people were very led astray by the Pharisees and all who came before Jesus claiming to 
be the teacher or the Messiah or uh, anybody else was a liar, but the sheep didn't listen to them. So those who belonged to Jesus, who were searching for the truth, those sheep did not listen to those false guys. Jesus says then in verse nine, I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and will find pasture. So anybody who enters through Jesus finds the father. And I mean, what's that mean? That means believing in Jesus as your own personal savior, because we cannot get into heaven on our own. We cannot please God the father who created heaven and earth, we can't please God the Father. It's impossible. We'd have to be literally perfect in order to please God the Father. But because of our sin nature, we are actively against God the Father all the time. So because of our sin nature, because at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve took that fruit and ate together, all of the world fell into the sin nature, including you and I. So the only way to actually please the Father is through the sacrifice of Jesus. So Jesus took the punishment of that sin on himself and gave us life and gave us the ability to communicate with God the Father and also gave us the ability to become close with God the Father, something that we had never had before. So the only way to God the Father, the only way to please God the Father is going through the door and that door is Jesus, just believing in Jesus, believing that Jesus is our Savior and that he freed us from the penalty of our own sins. So it says, if anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and will find pasture. So he'll have freedom. You know, the door, like I said, it opens up in my house and I can go in and out. I have freedom when I go through my door. And not only that, they're going to find pasture. Anybody who believes in Jesus will find pasture. When you think of pasture, I, I think of like the green beautiful hills of Ireland and Scotland. That's what I think of personally, not that I've ever been to Ireland and Scotland, though I'd love to go someday. But I always think of the pictures I see in like Ireland and Scotland, I suppose, where like the sheep are like grazing on this beautiful rolling green hills. That's what I think of. And like that's there's just something so peaceful and, and beautiful about that. So not only do these sheep have freedom in Jesus, but they find pasture. They have peace and comfort and food. And those, those sheep are able to eat for days, longer than days, forever on those beautiful rolling green hills. They have food and they have water. They are satisfied. Now in verse 10, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anybody that is not the door, anybody who is not Jesus, is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anybody who is anti-Jesus, anybody who is anti the word of God, the word of Jesus, is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which is so true because anything that is anti-Jesus is anti-life because Jesus is literally the definition of life. God is the definition of life. So anything that is anti-God is anti-life. And you can see that in our world today where people who don't know Jesus live just such dark and depressing lives. And I'm not even saying that from my, my own perspective of those people. People without Jesus truly are depressed. Depression is on the rise in America as 
religion, belief in Jesus, rather, as belief in Jesus is going downhill, why would it be that uh, belief in Jesus is going down while depression is rising? Those statistics are linked, is why. People who believe in Jesus are more joyful because Jesus truly gives us this uh, abundant peace. We have this pasture in Jesus. We are satisfied with Jesus. We have freedom. Jesus says, he came that he may give life and we may have it abundantly. That is my own paraphrase of that verse. Then verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So not only is Jesus the door, but he's also the good shepherd. So he lays down his life for the sheep. Really, really good shepherds, I would guess, would put themselves in harm's way to protect their sheep. We can, I can think of a handful of uh, shepherds in the Old Testament. For example, you know, Jacob and David. We know David wrestled with like a bear or something to protect his own sheep and fought a lion to protect his sheep. But really good shepherds would protect the flock from any danger that was coming near them. That's what a good shepherd does. But Jesus is, of course, the ultimate good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. He lays down his life to save you and me, the sheep, the sheepfold. That's what Jesus did for us. He laid down his life. He literally gave up his life and not only gave it up, but gave it up in such a painful and treacherous way so that all of humanity who chooses to believe in Jesus, who chooses to become part of that sheepfold will have life. And Jesus did that for us. He is the good shepherd. And not only will we have life, we'll have it abundantly is what the verse says. Imagine living life abundantly. Like that word abundant isn't really used too much in the English language anymore. I guess, it, I mean, we know what it means, but abundant is like beyond what we can imagine. Abundant is like overflowing. That's what I think of abundance. Like when I think of abundance, I think of like having so much more than you need. Living life abundantly. That's what Jesus gives to us. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, he was a hired hand and not a shepherd who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. <laughs> the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. So that's what, uh, that's what fake shepherds do. Shepherds who don't own the sheep, they don't care about the sheep. False shepherds are hired hands that come in only seeking their own gain. They don't care about the sheep. So anything that comes in that's going to eat the sheep up, they're just trying to protect themselves, these uh, hired hands. So they leave the sheep and they flee. I mean, how much have we seen that in recent years with the amount of um, preachers out there, false preachers, I should say, that do things for their own gain. And not only do things for their own gain, they uh, actively destroy people while they're doing things for their own gain. I can think of a handful of mega church pastors that uh, that happened to in recent years. But moving forward, it says the hired hand flees because he doesn't care for the sheep in verse 13. But Jesus is the good shepherd. It says, I know my own and I am known by my own, even as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. So, I mean, he reiterates everything he just said there to prove a point. He lays down his life for the sheep. He cares about the sheep. 
Jesus cares about you personally. Not only does he know your name, he laid down his life for you. He cares for you. He knows you personally. I have other sheep which are not part of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will hear my voice. They will become one flock with one shepherd. My Bible actually has a footnote in here. Isaiah 56 verse 8, which says, The Lord Yahweh who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, I will yet gathers other I will yet gather others to him. So the outcasts back in this time period would be considered like the eunuchs and the widows and the fatherless and the orphans and the Gentiles for sure and the foreigners. These were the outcasts. But Jesus says that he has many sheep which are not part of this fold. So I think he's talking about the Gentiles who were yet to become part of the fold. So all nationalities were going to be part of this sheepfold. This is huge what Jesus is saying here, because don't forget how important the genealogy was to the Israeli people. They believed that their genealogy is what saved them. They believed that because they were born Jewish, they were automatically saved. They were automatically going to heaven. But Jesus says here, that's not the case. It's not the genealogy that saves a person. It is the belief in Jesus. That's it. That's the only thing that can save somebody is believing in Jesus. Therefore, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down by myself. I think that's really important to note that Jesus says he lays it down by himself. No one takes it from him because so many people I've heard over the years are just like, oh, the father is so mean because he killed his own son. I find that argument to be absolutely uh, asinine, for lack of a better word, because Jesus himself not only said that he willingly came down to earth. He also says that he lays down his life by himself and no one takes it from him. So if, if people actually read their Bibles, they would see that the father didn't kill Jesus. Jesus chose to take our punishment on himself because he loves us and he cares for us. I lay it down by myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. But this is actually the part that trips people up. I received this commandment from my father. <laughs> <laughs> so because Jesus received a commandment from the father, everybody's like, oh, the father killed Jesus. But no, there's actually more verses in scripture that actually say that even if Jesus right then and there wanted to go back up into heaven and not do the act of, uh, you know, saving us from our sins, that God the father would honor that. So everything about Jesus's sacrifice to us was completely voluntary. It was voluntary. But Jesus was also very obedient to his father. And Jesus and the father were one. They were on the same page 100% of the time. They both cared deeply about humanity. They were both God. They are both God, as well as the Holy Spirit. So all three of them, the father, son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them did this together. They all we're on the same page to protect and to save humanity. And of course, Jesus did this of his own accord. Therefore, a division arose again among the Jews. 
<laughs> because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? So people are getting real mad about Jesus. They're just like, he has a demon and he is insane. Wow, that's really a strong words. Imagine you telling the truth and somebody screaming at you that you have a demon and that you're insane. How would you feel? I would feel extremely irritated and I'd really want to punch that person if I'm being honest. But Jesus, of course, doesn't do this. And this is not the first time we've seen people yelling at Jesus that he has a demon and he's insane. But others said, these are not the sayings of one possessed by a demon. And I'd guess these other people saying this stuff were part of the sheepfold. They were listening to Jesus's voice. They heard what he was saying. And they said, it isn't possible for a demon to open the eyes of the blind, is it? So they were beginning to understand who Jesus was and that he, of course, was God. He was the Messiah because nobody else could open the eyes of the blind. These people were part of the sheepfold. So my question to you is, are you part of the sheepfold? And if you're not, if you're questioning any of this, if you are wondering about Jesus, then just read more of John. Read the Gospels, really soak it in and begin to understand the truth of who Jesus is and what he did for you personally, because he cares deeply about you. And just take that step of becoming part of the sheepfold. It's a very easy step to take. All you got to do is believe. You got to believe in Jesus. You got to enter through that door. That is how you become part of the sheepfold. And it's really that easy. Faithful listeners, I hope you liked this episode. Please share it on your social media platforms if you think somebody needs to hear this, which I do believe people do need to hear this portion of scripture. This portion is actually a great way to evangelize. One thing that you can do to help if you don't want to share it on your social media platforms is actually rate the podcast and write a review because every single rating and review that the podcast gets helps it to be seen by more people. So that's an excellent way to evangelize if you're not comfortable sharing the episode with anybody. Though I do um, challenge you to share an episode if you do believe that it's going to help somebody in their own faith journey. But guys, I do hope to see you tomorrow morning for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Now, tomorrow is the episode I messed up on two weeks ago, so you may have already heard it, but I do recommend listening to it anyway so that you're um, on track with everything that we've been talking about in Deuteronomy so you don't miss anything. Faithful listeners, I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. Happy listening and God bless.